You're tapped in to an X-Men shortcast for the black queer perspective. 10 minutes of the unapologetic, the unfiltered, and the undeniable. Join me as I race the clock with old and new friends talking mutants, mess, meaning, and much, much more. This is Immortal X of Words. I love X-Men Unlimited. It's a different kind of writing. You know, it's, it's essentially... It's not comic book writing, it's comic strip writing, right? Uh, and that's not better or worse, it's just like a different muscle to flex. So I mm-hmm. think it's really fun to find creativity in, well, the relative constraints of having to have every panel be the same size and so forth. Um, but then also finding what the advantages are there. You know, you do being able to do things with verticals that you can't always do. Um, obviously, the, the the limitation of the real printed page is the size of the comic. So there's just different strengths and, and weaknesses, uh, and and I really I've really enjoyed it on X Men Green. Now with what's coming up in Unlimited uh, with Fox that we're co-writing, it's stuff that's really vital to to the upcoming stories that are happening in in Red and in X Men and Immortal, and and it's just been really it, it's been a fun opportunity to key into the main story um, and do a lot of world building stuff like our, our holiday. We're we're working on our holiday special right now, uh, and it's uh, it's set on Araco, so you're going to see what the New Year's tradition is like on Araco. Right. Uh, okay. And uh, well, pseudo New Year's uh, at least. Um, so there's that. And of course there's Scarlet Witch, which I'm always very, very excited about. There's news coming uh, that we'll, uh, we'll hint at uh, about what's happening in 2024, uh, which is the 60th anniversary of not Wanda, just Wanda, but also Pietro. Uh, okay. And, and I like the story's getting even bigger. Uh, it's getting more explosive, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit down the line. And um, I mean, we don't want to talk about what I'm doing uh, at the other place, but it, I have, I'm very proud too much, at least. But I'm very proud of the Donna Troy one shot that's coming out the same day as Wonder Woman number one. Uh, Tom King is a good friend. Daniel Sampier is a killer, killer artist. So to be hitting the same time. Um, working with Kath Lobo, telling a Donna Troy story, which I didn't really get a chance to do that much when I was on Wonder Woman because we just had a lot of stuff we had to get done. Uh, very, very exciting. And of course, Iceman's coming out, and I think it's a blast. That was an extremely well-polished paragraph. <laughs> that was really, really good. Media training is slick. Oh man, it's all it's all coming off the top of my head too. So just you know, I order I order restaurants the same way. It takes this long. <laughs> I would have I would have gotten about seventeen words wrong in that. So congrats <laughs> for being able to string together like a, a, a paragraph and a half of thoughts with no stumbles or breaks with names yeah. involved. I'm a press machine. Well, but but what? <laughs> but yes, I'm. Ex- but I'm excited to talk about these things more as well and everything else that's been coming out. Nice. Okay, so I'm going to zero us in on the mutants a bit. As much as, as I love um, Wonder Woman and Donna Troy and Nubia and all things uh, Amazon related, I'll talk about the mutants. For the sake of this conversation, uh, uh, is Wonder a mutant? Uh, canonically, canonically, I mean, listen, canonically, she is not currently a mutant. Uh, and, and, we, and, we, and we must respect canon as, as creative professionals. So that is my answer to that. Um, oh, she's satellite. She's a satellite character, but I have been enjoying her run a lot. Yeah, and it does have. She certainly has a lot to do with the mutants, but um, you know, I'm trying not to put like a value judgment on these things. Obviously, I know there are strong opinions, but the fact is, as creators, our job is to not just ignore what's come before, 
Um, and right now, you know, her and Pietro are not mutant. Um, you know, and that, and that's, you know, like not always what folks want to hear, but we are people and like, we don't want that to be done to our own work when we leave a book. Right. So yeah, um, for better or worse, that's where she's at right now, but still, I mean, she's the redeemer. She's no longer the pretender. She's welcome on Krakoa. Her sister is a mutant Polaris, you know, so, um, exactly. And I think like she's, whether or not that to me is a bit of a sideways question, because I don't think that underplays the importance of what's happening in her book in terms of relevance to mutants or her connection to the mutant world. Um, especially since one of the things I wanted to ask you about is Mysterium. We know that Mysterium came from the six traveling to the white hot room to pull this anti-magic metal. And there's been like a slow build of its importance. I really like the little seeds of Mysterium's role. Is that something that we can look forward to expanding? Uh, it's going to come to a head in issue nine and 10 for sure. Uh, you'll find out. We've sort of hinted at where it came from, um, you know, and we've now, as of issue eight, met Hexfinder, um, who is, uh, my hope is that she'll be the Doctor Doom to Wanda's Reed Richards in many ways. She's not, and that is to say, yeah. she's not, she's not like destroy the world evil, but she really hates witches and she really hates Wanda. Like, and I've always liked that. <laughs> And I've really, I've always liked that dynamic with Doom too. You know, he's not a destroy the world villain. If someone, you know, if Galactus comes to eat Earth, like Doom will probably work with Reed because he still wants there to be a planet. But that doesn't mean he yeah. magically doesn't hate Reed. You know, so yeah. that's the hope with Hexfinder. But she does have she's she's one of a group that has uh, a centuries long vendetta against witchcraft, which is funny because writers smarter than me. Um, pointed out in the regarding Wiccan, for example, that he didn't want to be called the Scarlet Warlock or the Warlock rather, because Warlock means Oathbreaker. So a lot of the sort of backstory between Hexfinder and her people and, and her, her sort of beef with witchcraft, it's right in the name. Uh, you mm. know, um, as we say in the X-Men office, never didn't have it. So, um, yes. so it's, uh, it's right there, but um You'll see that come to a head, uh, like I said, it, definitely in issue nine with the full reveal in issue 10, which is uh, a tearjerker. I sat reading the script uh, as I as I waited for Fast 10 months ago, and I was getting a little teary-eyed reading uh, reading Joseph's Joseph's lines. To be fair, I'd had a glass of wine, so don't get too excited. Um, but more emotional by far than I got watching Fast 10, by the way. But that's a different story. Okay. You painted a very quick and very vivid picture of your home life there. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I was in theaters, man, uh, and and I got challenged. Well, I got challenged by the bartender at the theater. I asked, she was, she said, "Do you want do you want the baby six ounce pour or the adult nine ounce pour?" It's a it's a two hour movie, and I was like, "Well, shit, I guess I need a nine ounce pour." Um, <laughs> I can't get you know I can't get cucked out by the uh, by the bartender at at the at the local at the local mall. So oh no, there's something about the phrase "cucked out" that crawls my skin. Oh, I mean, me too. I can only use it ironically. I think it. I think that it's it's it, much like much of that uh, line of thinking. It's it's so lame that it actually becomes entertaining to me. Like, like the concept of. At one point, they were calling my friend Tom Om King when he was on Batman because they were like, "Oh, he took the T away from Batman, so we're taking the T away from Tom King." And I was just like, "This is shit." This is shit that wasn't funny when I was in like elementary school. I would have gotten like thrown into a locker if I made jokes like that back then. Um, and I was getting thrown into a locker anyway, because I was, but like for not, not for making jokes like that. 
So yeah, to be clear, yes, it is all absurd, but the fact that they think that it's somehow like a sick burn almost does make it entertaining to me. Um, mm-hmm. Cause it's so fucking lame, but anyway. <laughs> now that we've uh, yeah expounded on the lameness of the cock phrase, uh, let me ask you a couple of questions about the links between the books, because you're also writing Iceman. And for anybody who's not up to speed, Iceman is um, kind of having like an Alex Mack thing happening right now, where there's a lot of disintegration and coming back and falling into the wind. Um, it's all very romantic and, uh, and dramatic in a way that's quite nice. But both characters that you have are kind of like, what do I think? They've built this a home from which to help. So you've got Wanda who has the shop and you've got Bobby who now has his ice home with Romeo. Mm -hmm. And like, what's that theme of like homes, of like building homes and helping out? (laughs) Well, two very different setups for those things. I also had to quickly Google uh, Alex Mack um, because I, you know, you said that and I immediately visioned uh, former Smallville actress and currently criminal sex trafficker, um, Alison Mack. Uh, and they are not the same person, so very exciting. No. <laughs> one, no. One, is, one isn't even a uh, one is a fictional character, which is also great. But I was like, "Damn, that is quite the uh, that is quite the." Uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, I think like the the way that we got there is very different, right? Like like Wanda. Well, actually, maybe not. You know, Wanda. I, I was about to say Bobby's gone through some some wild shit, some heavy trauma. Um, mm. you know, Orcus finally found a way to almost kill him. Um, yeah. you know, the Hellfire Gala. And that's something we knew going into the book. Um, so we wanted to build uh, a setup that was different for him and also allowed to uh, allowed us to dig into that sort of near-death experience and how he deals with it. And as you've seen in the book, part of the way he deals with it is by not dealing with it because he's Bobby. Um, yeah. but you know, that'll come to a head as well. Um, and so like on one hand, I was about to say, oh, Bobby just had this giant trauma and then made the, but really like Wanda's been dealing with that where she's done with that now, but that was her narrative for years and years. Um, so, so perhaps even though the time frame and, and the scheduling is different, the impetus is the same or at least similar. Um, but I will say that, you know, like Iceman's stronghold is, is all about the fact that that's where he, he needs a place to go, um, because of the dangers of the real world uh, for himself, really. Uh, if anything, Wanda's shop is the reverse. It's for everybody else. Um, and that's sort of why, yeah. why she's created the last door. Um, I mean, Iceman is, he's never been a talk about, like for the most part, never been a guy who like talks about his feelings. And so it's, it's you know, we're in this phase where he's clearly dealt with a lot of stuff and he's trying to just make it, uh, make it be like it was and make it be normal. But um that has to break eventually right because because like that's just that mm. that's not sustainable um and yeah it's a chance to zoom in and and sort of and sort of uh analyze his relationship with romeo but also like the thing that i'm most proud of in this book is this idea like a lot of times there's been villains like orcus before but yeah i feel like with orcus everyone not just me but we've been keying into the fact that like uh, bigotry and fascism. If you're hearing this, you've reached the end of the Extra Words preview. To hear this full episode and a whole heap of other behind the scenes stuff, head over to Patreon and join us on the Quiet Council. 
That's patreon.com forward slash X of words. We'll see you over there. Someone that choke, someone I feel inside.